message for you to help you get settled in on your first night. Um... <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, comics, and so much more. I'm your host, Josh Scar, and I am joined by everyone's favorite non-autonomous furry cat, Alex. Alex, how you doing? Fantastic. I'm excited. This is going to be a great show. This is going to be fantastic. I'm excited. Slade's here. Slade. Hi, Slade. I, I can't wait to see Slade. Slade I'm sorry, who's here? Slade. <laughs> I, I still don't know who that is. Who's here? Archibald? Oh, Archie. Archie. Yeah, Archie. <laughs> Hello, hello. I I said a gif earlier to explain how I feel at the moment. If you've watched, uh, you know, Always Sunny, you know the Pepe Sylvia bit. That's how it feels at the moment. But I'm I'm excited. This should this should be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too. Um, I I have not done any research into this. Uh, I'm coming in as blind as I was with our Guilty Gear episode. But uh, I was talking with Matt after recording last week's episode, and I do think we're gonna make this lore of episode. Uh, a a thing because we started talking about the insanity that is the assassin's creed lore and i know a little bit about that because i played up through like assassin's creed 4 and uh that was just then matt started telling me about other things and i'm like okay no we need to this needs to be content (laughs) well that's the fun of the series right if you look at the very first game it's you know spooky jump scares and nothing too much else thankfully youtube grabbed it and yeeted it forward. And so what I really want to know from you two, um, what do you know about Five Nights at Freddy's? I know my nephews loved it about five years ago. And uh, it's a it's a spooky, scary game that's based around jump scares and a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Uh, what I know, I've played the first three, four games. And from what I understand about the lore is that cosplayers love giving me confusion by dressing as sexy versions of all of them. Right. Cause right around this time of the year, I start getting really confused of like, should I be attracted? I don't know. Do I want them to jump at me? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if I started naming people like William Afton, Henry, Emily, uh, Michael Schmidt, none of these names mean anything to you. Were they people yeah. that were in the UK version of the office? No, they are people that are characters named in the game that are super important. They're going to be important for your movie going experience. And maybe I'm just too deeply invested in, but I hear those names and all kind of alarm bells go off. All right. Well, speaking of important people, Slade, first, we got to hear from very important people named uh, Joey, Tim and Slade to tell everyone about the Game Club pod. So we'll be right back to talk about the lore of Five Nights at Freddy. Join me, Joey, and my co-hosts, Tim. And Slade at the Game Club Podcast, where every two weeks we review video games not too dissimilar from a book club. Looking forward to seeing you there, idiots. Yeah, you stupids. Tim, do you want to jump in on this? I will not bandwagon all these abuse. Well, now that he's insulted us, let's let's get into it. Slade, you have brought your murder board with us or along with you to do what Tim has done previously, which is explain the lore, the insane lore of uh, a niche game. So let's let's get into it. And that niche game slash series is Five Nights at Freddy's. 
I don't know if we could call it niche anymore because it's kind of like common things. Like I feel like everybody and their grandmother has at some point heard of Five Nights at Freddy's. They may not be, you know, intricate to know all the mediocre melody names. They may not know who Ned Bear versus Fred Bear versus Golden Freddy is. But that's what I'm here for because this is a rabbit hole. And my God, if there's a rabbit hole, I'm going to the bottom of it. Let's let's start with Scott Cawthon, right? The creator of this game. He's been an indie developer for a long time since 1994 didn't actually hit his uh i guess stride you could say until 2014 when he made five nights at freddy's which was a large ditch effort uh scott if you didn't know this he was working as basically a cashier at a dollar tree and making games in his spare time and then came with this un you know unrelenting success that is the five nights at freddy's franchise now you can buy pizzas at walmart there's toys there's a total of nine games with four spinoff games 28 books and a movie to come. I thought the movie already came out and started. <laughs> well, probably by the release of this episode. It's it's no, no. almost here. No, no. Nick Cage was in it last year. It was called <laughs> Willie's Wonderland. It was fantastic. Uh, th- they wish. It's not, it's not FNAF. It's not Five Nights at Freddy's. Um... So there's a bunch of mainline games. There's some games we don't ignore anymore because they mutter the waters a little too much. Scott is... Still with the writing process of the games, but it's now Steel Wool Studios who produced the recent VR and uh, Security Breach games. I would not play this game in a VR. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, it's it's definitely interesting to get to play this game in VR. Um, and the reason I want to go and put this out here in the very beginning that Five Nights at Freddy's is so complicated is that this was Scott was going to give up on being a game developer. And this was going to be like the last thing he did. And he was just going to focus more on, you know, like his actually getting a job and work. So all the lore stuff being tried to just like jam into it now is super complicated to fit back into. You know, there was no whiteboard originally to tail off to where we are now. Right. So that is the big problem. I, I also kind of... um I don't really know where to begin with this because it is complicated. Like we could start with Fred Bear's family diner, right? As the first Would restaurant. Make sense. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, again, I, I feel like Charlie did the Pepe Sylvia thing. If Tim's ranting didn't make sense, then Lord knows mine won't either. So let's okay. start with Fred Bear's family diner where it all began with William Afton. William Afton came up with the idea of, you know, people in costumes. See like, you know, Walt Disney kind of idea. And the big thing, if you know, for Walt Disney and his mascot costumes was that you had five fingers. That's like a big, it makes it easier for them to interact with the kids. Four fingers. uh, Is it four or five? It's four. I don't know anything about Disney. Yeah. uh, Little, little backstory, just so it clicks. Maybe Um, this was an unintentional coincidence. Uh, When my family has a tradition of taking kids on their fourth birthday to a Disney theme park, they will make note that the fourth birthday is special because they call the, the number four a mouse hand because uh, gotcha. they only have the four digits gotcha well apparently william after was making better at making costumes because his had five fingers so <laughs> we start with that and he basically ends up teaming up with a guy named henry emily to found it and what henry is really good at is making animatronics that is okay. what he is super good at. Now, what these suits have in the original, there's only two in there. There's a golden Bonnie the Bunny and a golden Fredbear costume. Now, that's important later, so make a little mental note of that. And they're filled with what's called spring locks. And what it is, is these tension, if you imagine like a little tension coil, right? 
you wind them back and then you as a person can get in the suit and you know pretend to be the animatronic or we can put it on the stage and let the animatronics do their thing right it allows it to have both inside the suit at the same time i'm looking at alex and he sees all the reasons that osha would have a big problem with this don't worry this will be important later (laughs) (laughs) all right so from there we start the expansion process in like the early 80s, right? Where it's starting to franchise out and become a bit of uh, kind of like a cult following. You know what I mean? They're getting a couple of restaurants, a couple of different locations. And during this time, there's a there's a death and there's a death by uh, that's caused by Michael Afton, not William. So Michael, the oldest son, was tormenting his younger brother, known as the crying child. And the crying child is called this because he's scared of all the animatronics. And you see Michael, you know, jump scaring his little brother, you know, just being a dickhead like older brothers tend to be until his prank goes too far. And the prank goes too far by him and his friends shoving his younger brother, the crying child, into the mouth of one of the animatronics while he's performing on stage. Makes complete sense. Now we totally would do that. Again, kind of a bully, right? We could say this. And that animatronic spring locks malfunction because the child's head is in the mouth and it chomps down, killing the crying child. (laughs) Or Gregory. He does have an actual name. I'm sorry. Of course it would happen at that moment, right? (laughs) Right. Right. So we have the first child to be killed, not on purpose, by an older brother being a dickhead to his younger brother. Is this covered in a novel or is this covered in at some point in a game? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's covered. I, in... I've seen let's plays of the first game and it's literally just a survival. Well, horror you, game essentially, you, say, you without... say that you say that, but it's not though. There's, there's some stuff going on in the background of the first game where news clipping articles on, I think it's camera four will start changing, telling you oh. about how the animatronics are oozing mucus and blood from the eyes and the mouths. Right. But the first game doesn't take place in the first restaurant. Let's also be very clear about that. When I say this thing is a is a fucking mess, I genuinely mean (laughs) it is a mess. (laughs) Okay, fair enough, because, yeah, that's that that's uh, (laughs) that that destroys any kind of understanding I had going into this. So let's continue. Crying child killed in mouth of bear due to bad spring due due to bad animatronics. Now, William Afton gets really mad at Henry for this. Right. Blaming not his oldest son, but Henry, the guy who made the animatronics for this fault. As one does. Right. So as a father who's just lost his youngest son, he's, you know, he turns to drinking and some other stuff. And he shows up outside the restaurant one night where Henry's daughter, Charlotte, was locked out of the restaurant by some other kids bullying her. And he brutally murders Charlotte. So a drunk dad gets mad at the restaurant being locked up. So kills a random child standing outside. No, 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 no. He's mad at his business partner. So he kills his business partner's daughter. I mean, fair play, I guess. I mean, <laughs> when know. it was his oldest son's fault and not the business partner, he blames the business partner's technology. Right. And this right. is how he takes revenge. Now, why was she locked outside? Other kids bullying her. Okay. So they bullied her by keeping her outside. Yeah, okay. That outside tracks. of the restaurant where you were having fun with your friends. They like pushed yep. her out and like locked the door, essentially. That tracks. Okay. Oh, man. There's still so much. And I already feel like I'm wrong, anyways, <laughs> to be honest with you. And. It's so much to go through. So as we go through with this, you know, there's two killings at the restaurant. The restaurant is being essentially, you know, people don't want to go there. They've heard about this. Its name has been, you know, drug through the water, that kind of thing. 
which brings us into what's a good way to go from here to here well i would like to know if this guy who randomly just murdered a child got like arrested or anything no there was no way they could tie william afton back to the uh murders of the first child (laughs) shady security as well it happened it happened outside of the building where there are no cameras or anything like that because if someone were to come and throw a brick through your window you wouldn't want to have video footage of that this was also back in the 80s let's let's mind you this it's not today where everybody's got a ring doorbell camera you know what i mean Businesses still had security. I've seen Die Hard. They had lots of security cameras. I'm sorry. Can we pause for half a second? My mom's calling me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this feels appropriate for this kind of episode. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> All right, so the crying child murdered. Dad can't be proven. Right. Freddy's diner is going into disarray because uh, rumors. Well, it's not it's not rumors. It's the actual fact of like kids, uh, you know, being murdered kids. and it goes around town, and people are like, "Hey, you can't take your kids there. It's not safe." Right. You know, I mean, I, I'm obviously. not a parent. Josh, you are, but you know, if two kids got murdered in one place. Oh, yeah, we don't even go to our local mall anymore because shootings happen there like every two or three weeks. Right, exactly. So, you know, it goes into disrepair and it goes from Fred Bear's family diner, you know, kind of disappears for a couple of years. But then Henry revives the restaurant idea as Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Okay. Henry being the business partner? Henry being the business partner and the animatronic maker. All right. So there's two business partners you got to keep track of. One is William Afton, and the other one is Henry Emily. Right? Afton and, is the uh, murderer. Uh, yes. Okay. So we get to the first restaurant, right? And they want a overnight security guard, make sure, you know, kids aren't hanging out too late, that kind of thing, because it's open fairly late. So they mm-hmm. get an overnight security guard, and who else to apply but William Afton? Oh, wow. Okay. To take the role for himself. Yeah, right? Because, you know, they're trying to get it back in the band going together. But he can't resist himself. He experienced, you know, killing essentially for the first time. And it just kind of goes from there. But what do you do with the bodies after you murder a child? And the way he was doing that was he was using one of the old spring lock suits, Bonnie the Bunny. He would kill Mm -hmm. the kid and then he would stuff him in one of the animatronic suits because they still had the cavity in there. He's the oh, way to hide the bunny. Nobody notices because the things are gross because kids touch and on them all the time and everything. And the place mm-hmm. smells because, you know, it's kids. No one bats an eye. Right. Because the smell of children is the exact same smell as brought. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you got young, I would say toddlers, teenagers who don't bathe and stuff like that, the place has a funk to it. Oh, yeah. The place has an odor. And that's a, one of the reasons the health department gets involved as well. On the side, Michael or William Afton is learning more about robotics. And basically, he's got this big um, he's the one who came up with the idea, right? For Fred Bear's family diner. Yeah. Henry animated it and made it come to life. And he's always been kind of jealous of Henry. Mm. Right. So he he starts studying robotics and animatronics, trying to, you know, one up his uh, basically business partner. Now, to paint a little picture of William Afton, think of like. A rather big, robust guy. Laugh fills the room. Little creepy looking, but slightly charismatic. That's our murderer. Now, the quiet, 
introverted one is Henry, the guy who makes the stuff, you know, and especially after the killing of his only daughter. He's very, you know, withdrawn. You would kind of think the opposite for who the killer is. Not the case. Now, Mike, or uh, sorry, I keep wanting to talk about Michael uh, Afton, but we can't <laughs> yet. So we still have to talk about William for a bit. William also starts what they call Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location. This is also the title of one of the games. And basically, it was like a rental service, right? Where you could rent an animatronic, it would come to your house or whatever, you know, for little Timmy's birthday party. And the problem with uh, the sister location, as we'll refer to it as, is that it would also abduct children. Now, part of this is now we have to go back a bit. You remember how the crying child was William Afton's youngest, right? Uh Uh-huh. Sure. So he's been trying to essentially bring his son back to life the whole time. Make like a little, let's say, clone animatronic of his own son. And what he's realized is that there's a thing called Remnant. And again, let me know what I've lost, y'all, because I believe I have. And Remnant is basically the end of your soul when everything's dead and it gets infused with the metal of the animatronic. All right. And he's trying to make a, you know, bring his, you know, he's a grieving father. He keeps killing kids because he realizes this and he's trying to remake his son, right? Problem is, there's three Afton children. We haven't talked about the middle child, his daughter, Emily. Oh, dear. Emily one day gets too close to an animatronic named Baby, and she gets kidnapped and killed inside of that one. Okay, how does she get kidnapped and killed inside of that Ooh, one? Ooh, do you want to know how that works? They, yes, because thus far, it sounds like he's just killing people overnight, stuffing them into suits, the place right. smells. The, right, he was doing that until yeah. he was trying to figure out the whole remnant scenario. I have to go through him killing people. That's why he was doing it. Okay. Right. And there's a secondary location. People are disappearing. Right. So he designs his own animatronics with basically the stomach section of them. Okay. Has a nice, for lack of better words, a little grabby hand, which will grab the child, pull it inside. And there's a child storage containment center in the center of the animatronic. Makes sense. Well, there's actually blueprint schematics of it in the fifth game. (laughs) Of how of how this whole situation works, right? All right. Right. So this happens, and then he ends up going back to the original restaurant location. I want to know the mental state of the person who had to create that blueprint. Uh, <laughs> talk about Scott Cawthon? No telling with the fact that he's done all this other stuff. <laughs> how are we doing, Josh? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm I think I'm following, but I'm now I'm getting caught up in like the creation aspect of it where it's like <laughs> I need to create a I need to create a schematic of an animatronic that has a grabby hand that will pull in a child and kill it. Seems normal. Now, mm-hmm. part of this is so this whole remnant theory and you can see that uh William is, you know, kind of deeply invested in this. And again, I'm giving the big cliff notes version of the story. Right. So he goes back to the first restaurant and he starts dismantling the original animatronics. Where at the time he was also hiding. He's hid. Look, there's a lot of dead kids. We're not going to go into the body count, but he there's a lot of dead kids. So he's luring the animatronics into what is known as the back rooms. Right. And it's the one place like so basically their circuitry and you don't want to really kind of call it AI at the time, but it lets them only go in certain parts of the restaurant and the building. And there's like a blacked out area, which is just for the employees. So this way they're not 
in danger of the animatronics, which obviously if you work in this place, you're in a lot of danger anyway. But he lures them back there and dismantles them. As he's dismantling them, the ghosts of the original kids that he murdered, the first five. Now, notice I say first five. Like I said, there's a lot of dead kids in this story. They end up as ghosts cornering him, right? Now, he's in this old restaurant. It's dilapidated, and the roof is kind of falling in, and there's water dripping through the building. So what does he do? He does the only logical thing that you could do. He hops in the old golden bonnie suit that he started killing the kids in in the first place, and it's full of spring locks. Two things you need to know about spring locks. One is that a lot of jarring and movement will set them off. The other thing is that moisture will set them off. So he gets spring locked. All the metal circuitry tries to take the place where his body is supposed to be. And if you think he's dead, you're very wrong. So this is where the son William, not William, the son Michael comes into play, right? His dad's been gone a couple days and he's, you know, it's not unlike his father to be gone or just in his workshop for a while, but like, this is an odd amount of time, but he has like instructions on what to do if his father has been gone for too long. And Michael is the murder son, right? Yes. Michael is also the one who killed his little brother. That's what I meant. Yeah. Murder son. Yeah. Murder murderer's son. <laughs> right. Right. The murdering accidental murdering son. He's only killed one child. His father at this point's probably killed like 40 or 50. Now, <laughs> Michael Afton ends up going to his father's workshop and finds out there's a whole subterranean area below the house where his dad has been working on these things. And that's the first time. And yet we have to remember Michael's kind of mental state here. Uh, he is one of the characters, you know, of from five nights at Freddy's four, he's going through like who's He not like the drugs, but you know, just in the face of bereavement kind of being haunted right. by what he did to his little brother. And he's the one who ends up stumbling across the sister location as we named earlier. And then suddenly finding out what dear old dad has been up to this whole time. And let me guess he's all in. No, he's not. Oh, okay. Surprise. He's not, he's not all in. He's not all in. He is the one that if you play through the games and you'll notice it says place burnt down at the end of your one week of working there. Yeah. I know the name, the name of the game is five nights at Freddy's, but really it's a week long because there's two extra nights. And at the end of the night, if you notice each place burns to the ground, Oh, that's Michael's doing. That's Michael trying to atone for his atone sins. and kind of do away with all of his father's stuff. Oh, okay. Which is pretty cool at the end of the day. Again, we're going through speed running cliff notes of it. Now, if we hop over a couple of games to ultimate custom night. <laughs> okay. Or no, I'm sorry. Not ultimate custom night. We need to go to, we have to stop first at Freddy Fazbear's pizza simulator. The name is kind of on the nose. <laughs> Michael's been working these security jobs and burning the restaurants down at the end of night. He stumbles across this place. Wait, so are we Michael the player? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. I did not know that. I thought yeah, we, you, okay. you play okay. as Michael Afton. Other characters are named. You, they are not real names. They're names that he's making up as he works there. Oh, okay. So he stumbled across his father's work. He's like, "What the heck?" And now to atone for it, you are the you, the player, are Michael trying to get through this so that you can burn the place to, to the ground. Yep. Cool. And release the souls of the dead kids so that they can be at peace. So that raises the question of why does it take a week for him to be able to do this? Why can't he just like get hired and burn it down after one night? Well, one would think, but he's sitting 
I guess in the long and short of it. There's no story in that. There's no game in that. (laughs) Right, exactly. Long and short of it, where's the gameplay? One night at Freddy's? Are you kidding me? Now, if you notice as the games go on, more and more characters get involved, right? Like, so let's take the first game, for example. Your first night, you only have to worry about Bonnie the Bunny. Second night, you got to worry about Bonnie and Foxy. Third night, Bonnie, Foxy, and Chica. You see what I mean? Like, characters stack, right? So when he gets to the end of his week, everybody's there. And that's when you need the that's when you need to burn it down. So he's luring everybody in so he can do a, a big thing all at once. Ooh, right? That's, a, okay. that's a good phrasing to move on in to Pizzeria Simulator. It's name is kind all of right. on the nose, too. So Henry builds this place because he sees what's going on right outside of what Michael is doing. He sees what's going on. So Henry builds a fake restaurant. To lure all the animatronics in to burn it all down for good. And to be done with it ends up just by coincidence, hiring Michael. Of course. Right. And part of this is a big section called paragraph four of the employee contract in this game. Paragraph four (laughs) states that if you find any animatronics outside in the dumpster, you have to bring them in the building. Now, these weren't thrown away from the place. These are just (laughs) animatronics coming. You know, they see the what's going on. They just show up. And hang out in the dumpster. Yeah, and then you bring them inside, which also makes the game harder by doing that. You can make the game really easy by leaving them all outside. (laughs) So so is there a reason why they come and hang out in the dumpster? They're being drawn to the spirits of the other kids. That are in the dumpster. Not in the dumpster, in the building. They're trying to get in. They don't know how. You just find them out back by the dumpster because that's where the employee entrance is. Oh, okay okay that makes more sense i was like do they right. not know there's a front door but no if they think they're employees and they go in through the back and they can't get in the back and so right they, okay and, and you right. have little kids you know being possess- yeah. or possessing these things too you, you got to use yeah. like kid logic sometimes right yeah. now okay now michael goes through all this he gets everybody even dear old dad in the spring locked costume inside this building Wait, he's a his, okay. So dad is alive. How dad, is dad alive? Dad is alive by sh- sheer spite. That's the best way I can describe that. I've done many things out of spite. So yeah, by sheer spite. So you even <laughs> get dear old dad in there, and then Henry burns it all to the ground. And there's this lovely little speech from Henry saying, "Volunteer, I don't know who you are, but I'm pretty sure you are right where you're supposed to be." Okay, so yeah. Henry is the partner whose daughter, uh, who, who the first child was killed. Right. He has now have these places all been like active this whole time? Like, no, have they not been closed? Down? Have they ever they're, has the health department closed any of them down? How many restaurants do you want to know about? <laughs> I'm just general number. Like I'm so um, there's like what? Five so kind of. So you have Fred Bear's family diner, which is the OG, right? That's the first one. Right. And that you got closed down. And Freddy made, Fazbear's made Pizzeria. You have Freddy yeah. Fazbear's Pizzeria, the new location. You have Freddy Fazbear Frights, which was a location that was supposed to be like, a, think of it like a like a horror house, right? Yeah. Based on the murders of the kids and whatnot, you know, a very cheap and poorly faced attraction. It also got burnt to the ground. There's uh, Circus Babies Pizza World. That's <laughs> that's it's a part of I'm, it. I'm not going there. Uh, well, that's part of the sister location. There's Chica's Party okay. World, which was Henry trying to do his own thing, and that one also got ruined by the Aftons. And then you have the Freddy Fazbear's uh, pizza simulator. Okay. Which is, it's not a real restaurant or anything. It is just somewhere that Henry was trying to gather up all loose ends. So that came happens. It's all burned to the ground. The spirits are released. Yep. 
Is dad still in the costume? Is he going to jail? Ooh, so is dad still in the costume? So dad also got burnt to the ground. Good. But the kids' spirits that he murdered won't let him die. And so that's when we get into Ultimate Custom Night, which is the hardest of all the Five Nights at Freddy's games. All nearly 60 characters at this point are in that game with a difficulty level setting of 1 through 20. All right. That's one of the I think it is like objectively the hardest Five Nights at Freddy's game. There's a full like 2020 mode where all of them are set to the hardest. And that's that's <laughs> worth the look up to watch somebody try to beat every single one of those at level 20. It is wild to watch the muscle memory. I thought you were going to say there's the 2020 mode, which is that there's a pandemic going on. And so, <laughs> and so you have to quarantine and clean the restaurant while yeah. trying to. Oh, that might be worse having to clean up the mess of the dead kids. But <laughs> but so that's where Ultimate Custom Night comes in. And basically it is William, good old William Athen being haunted by the souls of his past. And that's a fun game to play just for the. uh easter egg dialogue which you can also find on youtube like all of them like basically just giving huge lore dumps big explanations being like you shouldn't have killed this one here's why this is happening to you it is just lore dump galore and it's glorious in every way now there's one other afton we haven't spoken of the the middle child right the daughter no we talked about the daughter remember she got uh killed and scooped up by baby that's where oh, oh, oh right. i'm confusing the the two so afton is the animatronic well, person yeah no that's henry is the animatronic person are you talking about okay so william afton big murderer right yes that's, that's he's daddy. got two sons and a daughter obviously right. one son one son got eaten the other son is you right yeah and the daughter and the daughter but you know who we haven't talked about Dear old mom, where's mom? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Where's mom? Well, after both the Afton men are, you know, now dead, suddenly she's getting all the copyright stuff and the ownership to Freddy Fazbear's. And that's where the newer games of Security Breach and uh, Help Wanted come into play. Okay. So this is years later. She's trying to revive it, but she starts with asking some developer named Steve to make some video games. Nah. Right? So we've came full circle. Okay, so we've, we're going <laughs> meta. We're, we're going, going meta. very meta. We're going very meta. This franchise gets very meta a lot. But we come full circle. And uh, basically in the games, right... Well, not, I say in the game. So, so let's go. Let's start with the help wanted, right? The VR title. They basically get the people who's doing this, the VR game, to go to the locations, just see what they can find, you know, take some picture, you know, kind of like normal video game when you're basing off a real life location, little scavenger tour, I guess you could say. Like before Fallout 4 came out, people saw the Bethesda team going out and taking photos in Boston. Right. This is, you know, when you're doing like real life stuff like this, this is very not uncommon for it to happen. But they also happen to pick up some animatronic suits and the circuitry out of them. Man, and wouldn't you know, there happened to be a gold bunny suit. That circuitry was still pretty intact. And it contained the spirit leftover of William Afton. Now, William Afton ends up getting 
downloaded for lack of better words into the game itself somebody was play testing it william tried to take over their body dude wasn't having it and he cut his own face off with a uh what do you got a little paper guillotine paper right? cutter well, yeah but the, the really big one that can cut like 40 pages okay. at a time like a paper guillotine sure. he ends up slicing yeah, yeah, his own yeah, face yeah. off to kill himself <laughs> right because he didn't want to be a part okay. of it. he didn't want to be a part of this but william finally finds his victim in a woman named vanessa now that name is very important later on especially in the movie makes me very concerned and he basically takes her over and that's where you get vanny the bunny not very good name play mind you vanessa but here we are who yeah. she is now our roaming killer in a bunny suit <laughs> She's in an actual yeah. bunny suit. She's yeah. not an animatronic. Yeah, she's just in a poorly made or poorly homemade bunny suit. Oh, right. Because dear old dad can't give up the rabbit fetish no matter what happens. Well, <laughs> now, if we get into the newest game, which is uh, Security Breach, right? Security Breach has a lot of continuity stuff that makes things very confusing, and I kind of don't want to touch on it with the DLC coming out soon. Yeah, that now we're getting confusing. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to add to it because a lot of people think that uh, the crying child, you play as the crying child in that game, but it's a animatronic that's supposed to be the crying child made by the bereaving mother. And that okay. the soul of Michael William has taken over Glam Rock Freddy. Because he's trying to protect his little brother instead of scaring him. Uh, okay. And the fact that, uh, well, Springtrap, for lack of better words, is back in the game as one <laughs> of the enemies. Right. So that's that's a different can of worms I don't want to touch. But I hope I've cleared some things up in the Five Nights at Freddy's universe. Okay. So that does make sense. I guess my, my question would be, so where what are they going with now? I mean, if the locations are burned down, but Vanessa apparently wants to play. Right. Well, so is, are they still building these places? Well, Afton Robotics as a company still exists, making different robotics for different companies, which allows them the funding to do this kind of stuff. Okay. Think of it as like the evil mega corporation. And it's also the okay. one location Michael might have forgotten to burn down. So, all right. So those are the games. Now right. you say there's 28 books. 20, From my under, right. understanding, there are three books that were actually mainly written by the creator. Yes, there's well four total, really. Okay. What is the? I mean, does that is that how a lot of the stuff gets explained? Is that where the canon, a lot of the canon is? The or? canon takes place in not only the games but those four books, and now. The big debate is the rest of the books, so the other 24, are mostly like goosebump like, yeah, excuse me, goosebump stories. Okay. But there's a last chapter in each one of the books, and that last chapter is going on about Michael in his just robotic state hunting kids. <laughs> so right. So that's that's part of keeping the books canon. There's also stuff in the books that highly relate to the games as well. So okay. their canonicity is kind of a coin toss. Okay. Some stories are, some stories are not. It's not a good answer, to be honest. So if you say they're, okay, so if you say these miscellaneous books are goosebumpy, are they what, like, kids who are, like, running from the animatronics and sometimes they get away and sometimes they don't? Uh, sometimes. Other times they are uh, 
kids who murder their therapists, but then that kid turns out to be an animatronic. Or sometimes it is, uh, it's, it gets really weird. It gets really weird. Sometimes there's a shark named Felix and we've jumped that metaphorical, metaphorical shark named Felix at this point. All right. Okay. So, all right, let's, let's not take the, the, the two weird, but the, the really weird goosebumpy <laughs> there's, books. There's, there's a lot of but, weird ones. Okay. But the main four, which are like, right. what, like the fourth door, the fourth closet, the fourth closet, the, the, the silver eyes, the silvery eyes. And there's another one I'm forgetting the name of at the moment. All right. Are those canon? Yes. Adult books, like, and not, I mean, no, no, no adult books, but you know, are are those like they tell a they, com- they tell a complete story, okay, which, but for like a trilogy, so yes, are they good? Uh they're okay. I'd, I'd give them like a six and a half, seven <laughs> out of ten. You know, not okay. the not the best, not the worst. It does keep it is a page turner at least. All right, do they in fact jump scare you? No, it's a book. They don't jump scare you like, well, there's a big plot twist in the fourth closet, which I don't want to give away. If anybody does read it, there's a big plot twist that you find out about one of the main characters. All right. So you, you've intrigued me with talking a little bit about the movie. Let's get into that before we wrap up here. Is the movie just a retelling of the lore or is it actually like built so, into the lore? So what the so I've got some notes here from the trailers that we've seen, right? There's a couple things about the movie that, to me, uh, kind of red flaggish about how this, obviously, the story doesn't care about a timeline or continuity sometimes. So let's talk about the uh, the first thing that's really big to bring up is the police officer who shows up in the trailer and who knows way too much about the Freddie Fazbear building. Her name okay. character, according to IMDb, is Vanessa. Right. This is a character. Uh, if this building is supposed to be based off the first location, why is she here? She's not here until like nine games later. Right. Okay. Right. That's so I don't I don't I think they're kind of merging some stuff to make a cohesive movie narrative while ignoring other things. Right. Mike Schmidt. Right. Not an actual person. It's supposed to be Michael Afton, but they've made this a character with a little sister. Uh, okay. So, right. So the security guard in the movie is named Michael Schmidt. That is the name, quote unquote, of the character you play as in the first game, but it's not the actual person. All right. Uh, Another thing is a little detail in the background. There are posters of Nebraska, right? Which is kind of weird, but because all the stories really take place in Utah. Oh, do they? Hmm. Yes. Just just a little thing to point out. It's a little detail, but I think it's important to notice. It, what I what I can see, obviously, the movie's not out yet, but the, it lines up with the first game before we start having a couple hundred dead kids hanging around. <laughs> right. OK, okay. so it, it lines up with that. Uh, makes me wonder about, you know, I've talked about Remnant, the uh, human soul being infused with metal. Reason this right. is, is you need to pay attention with the eye color, of the animatronics, right? That's at okay. least to me is very important. The main four Foxy, Bonnie, uh, Chica, and Freddy have a very similar eye color. The cupcake doesn't, but also you see Golden Bonnie, who doesn't have the same eye color as the rest of them. I feel like that's going to be important. Uh, five kids, right at one point in the trailer, you see the five kids scatter off. That matches with the first five kids murdered. You know, checks out. That's pretty good. Um, we do get William in uh, the yellow Bonnie costume, but the Bonnie costume that we're all really familiar with for the yellow one isn't disheveled and tattered. And you could tell it's been in a closet for so many years and, you know, it's still in good condition, which is also a curiosity in itself. Also the character that Matthew Illard, 
is playing is named as uh, William Afton. But in the trailer, you see him being a career counselor named with like a different name, which that would also line up with, uh, you know, you're asking me about the three main books. That's not the first time William Afton has had a job and gone under a different name to keep an eye on the restaurant that was so near and dear to him. Okay. Right. So now you see what I mean by I think they're drawing from like a lot of different things to get inspiration for this horror movie. But they're trying to make it a a singular narrative, at least for the first movie. Right. That's what I'm thinking. And, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm fine with it. This franchise is such a big muddy water of lore and information. I'm only scratching this. Like if we were looking at an iceberg. I'm only like we haven't gone underwater. We're we're still we're still up top. <laughs> okay, so the crying child. Yes. Did they ever bring the crying child like back to life? So that of is the remnant stuff. Yes. So that's Gregory that you play as in uh, uh, in Security Breach. You play as Gregory, who is the crying child reincarnated. Okay. So in this universe. Yep. If you kill enough children, you can bring back one of them. Yes. All right. So we have confirmed reincarnation. Yep. All right. But it doesn't always work. Is it like a monkey's paw kind of situation? Well, so it depends on um, a couple of things, right? Like you can only use a good old Willy boy makes the mistake of trying to infuse too many kids at one time. And it makes a rogue animatronic that almost kills him. <laughs> Obviously, this dude's pretty hard to kill, and that's saying something. If even he's like, "Damn, I shouldn't have done that." Yeah. If you do like one at a time, you'll get better results. You know, if you try to kill like twelve kids at once and mix them together, you'll basically make. Um, oh, what was the name of that animatronic? It does have an actual name. No, not yet. Okay, it'd be entered. That's the name of that one. All right. So, I guess my big question about this is going to be, in my naivete. <laughs> these are mostly just jump scare games that i mean had a clever hook of you know you have to hide in the room and look at the monitors to like you know catch them before they came after you right and this, i know there's some mini games because i accidentally unlocked some mini games a few times i'm like why am i doing this and those seemed interesting because they seem to have lore or right meaning behind them but what the hell is the appeal of this franchise other than hot cosplayers during october <laughs> Well, I think the appeal of just let's just say playing the games in the first place, right? I'd say playing the games is that, you know, most people have a fight or flight mentality of, you know, either I need to fight or run away. But when you take those abilities away from somebody, you have a pretty cool, like, primary gameplay loop inside of that. There's the challenge of it. There's also we we can't ignore the let's player like thing of it, right? Because we've talked about it on the game club before, like I think part of this popularity of this game is like from you know PewDiePie, Markiplier, Jacksepticeye. You know, if you're a ten year old watching an adult scream while playing a game, haha, very funny. Now I want to play it, and you know, kids have a lot of time to just go through a rabbit hole, really read and play things for hours and hours on end, where adults really don't. I think that's also a part of the appeal. I also think inherently kids like creepy things. This franchise has been around for eight, nine years now. So, you know, I think I think it's going to be one of those that's here to stay. Is the gameplay loop basically the same for all the games? I mean, because no. no, I mean, when does it I guess then if that's the case, when does it split off of going from your of going from you're in the little security room to having something different? Right. OK, so first three games, you're in the security room, right? Yeah. Fourth game. 
Five Nights at Freddy's 4, you are, well, it's kind of debated if you're the crying child or Michael, but you're in a bedroom. Okay. Right. So you're in a bedroom and the, the core mechanics are still there. So like you're a kid in bed, you have a flashlight, you hear spooky things going on. That game you could about play blindfolded because the sound design is so good. Okay. And you have to either close your closet door, or close bedroom door A or B, right? They're off to the right and left, which doesn't make sense for a kid's bedroom to have two doors. But even my bedroom at my house has two doors. And that's like the gameplay loop of it. Sister location, you could start moving around freely. There are some points, you know, where you're kind of like stuck having to sit still and do certain things. But there's freedom of movement. Like there's one point in sister location that you're lied to and you're told by the AI voice like, hey, you need to sprint through this area while it's dark so Foxy doesn't get you when actually you need to go through slowly and quietly <laughs> as, you, as you walk through the room. Right. It's a big lie and miss conception um now if we head back to the next two games after that you're once again sitting in the room but there's stuff to be done while you're sitting there you know you can't really run away or anything like that head over to the vr game you get the movement of vr you can walk around you do have to play the first three games in it so at some points you're just standing still and having to be the security guard okay and then in the newest one security breach it's it's a full roaming action game you get to walk around enjoy the whole pizza plex that's the one where you're playing as the reincarnated child. Ah, look, you're you're keeping up. You're keeping up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Look at look at Alex. Alex has it figured out. There's also <laughs> a there was like a um 16 bit RPG called FNAF World oh. at one time, but that one has kind of been abandoned and no one really counts it or talks about it anymore. Oh. Yeah, it had such fun things as Freddy Fazbear in space. So we have books yep we have video games we have yep. a movie that's supposed to be coming out in forever but um the creator was not happy with it junked it a bunch of times right um we have the unofficial nick cage version of this stuff which how sad is it going to be if that movie's better than this one <laughs> uh ex- extremely sad but I, I think this one's going to do just fine it i mean the animatronics from what i've seen look tremendous like I, it looks like they've done a yeah. great job with it well, I mean, you got Jim Henson's people on it. That's right. going to do it. Right. They, they've done a, such a tremendous job with how it, they, again, this is all for us movie sight unseen, but I hope what I've done now is given y'all some names and things to be on the lookout for. Huh? Yeah. Which the, the movie should be coming out in two days time uh, <laughs> on the 27th of October, which this episode will release on the 25th. So you, you should have uh, a basic understanding of everything. If you, Wanted to go in unspoiled, and now you're just like, oh, shit, what am I doing listening to this lore episode? Sorry, not sorry. Maybe you're more confused <laughs> now. You listen to this, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's it's worth the so, rabbit hole deep dive if you have the time, you know? Yeah, so do you enjoy still playing them? I mean, do, I mean, you said there's 28 books, and you seem to know a lot about them. Have you, like... I mean, do you have a stack off to your the your, the left of the camera over there where you have your 179 Goosebumps books and then your 28 Five Nights at Freddy's ones? No, I have them on Audible. I've you know I don't get time to read oh, much, okay. so I have them on Audible. So I've listened <laughs> to all of them. Would the first three, or like, I guess the official three, be worth reading? What is it? The Silver Eyes, the Twisted Ones, the Fourth Closet. Yes. So if you okay. want to, if you want to know more, basically about the franchise and the games and really important named characters good place to start are they gory uh sometimes okay sometimes not not always there's a lot of slow pacing in it but it's slow pacing with the build if that makes sense 
All right. Well, I'm still not playing them because I don't like horror. You guys can have fun with it. But uh, Slade, before we get out of here, let everyone know where they can find you. Oh, that's that's excellent. Uh, they can find me all over at Slade Plays Games on Twitter, Twitch, any list. Uh, you can find me at Blue Sky at Slade Plays Games with a Z because I still can't be bothered to change that. And, you know, now I'm just MLG Gamer with it. Uh, you can also find me at the Game Club Pod, where once every two weeks we discuss video games not too dissimilar to a book club. I also have a side series on that called Between Two Pods, where you can hear Alex for half of it and Josh for all of it. I did an episode <laughs> with Talking Smack, and uh, it was really good. And don't forget to join our Discord. Uh, you can find that in the episode description. You can also find us on all social media platforms that we are a part of at Talking Smack Pod. Blue Sky Instagram threads, Hive Social, Post News, Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok, and of course Lonnie's website. Email us your thoughts, questions, concerns, suggestions at tsmackpot at gmail.com. And then uh, Alex, who's playing that wonderful music you hear in the background? That would be Scott's Games because he refuses to let anyone talk about Five Nights at Freddy's without his permission. <laughs> <laughs> Please like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. And most importantly, thanks everyone so much for listening. Take care. And watch Star Trek. Watch Attack on Titan. Better choice. <laughs>